Blog Talk Radio. Hi, this is Russ Terry, founder and CEO of Life Coach Radio Network. Today's sponsor is Audible.com, a leading provider of spoken audio entertainment and information. Listen to audiobooks whenever and wherever you want. Get a free audiobook when you sign up for a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash Coach Radio. That's audibletrial.com slash Life Coach Radio. And now, here's today's show. Good morning. Welcome, everybody. This is Errol McLinden. I'm a mindset coach in Chicago, Illinois, and this is Leap. That's the overall title of my show because I am focusing on people who are either taking a leap, are considering taking a leap, are afraid of taking a leap. Throughout all of our lives, we face opportunities uh, that are frightening to us. And that's one of the things we will really focus on today, a little creature we call a gremlin. Uh, who, who I am is I work with people who have major projects, usually a year, two years, three years, uh, anything from lavender farms to my newest client has a chain of, uh, of coasters, wine charms, and wall art using vintage Chicago images and sports images uh, that you will see around Chicago and maybe around the U.S. over the next year. I take on a project with someone, work with them for a year on their project, and that's longer than most coaches usually would like to work, but I really consider myself a mindset coach. My whole philosophy is change your perspective, change your life. You start with the mind, the mind moves to actions, and uh, that's how we overcome some of these fears. I am more than willing to talk to anyone who is interested in pursuing a large project. Uh, I can do that via Skype anywhere in the U.S., or I can do it in Chicago, and I prefer to work face-to-face if at all possible. Someone who has a project in mind, a dream, a desire, a passion that has frightened them, what we do is come in and kind of sit down with you for two hours at no charge to see if and how I can help you. We sort of see how strategies work. Sometimes I send you away for a couple of weeks with some tasks, see how well you accomplish those, or equally as important, how well you deal with not accomplishing. Sometimes what you would term as failure is as much of a teacher as succeeding. We explore why you may have failed where does procrastination come from? And we started working on the roots of that. I'm not just one that sets up tasks and goals. I'm not a big one for five-year goals. I'm more interested in what's happening in a two-week period with you. So if you are interested in taking advantage of that, uh, please get in touch with me. My email is errol.mclinden. You can get the spelling of that uh, from Blog Talk Radio, from Life Coach Radio. if you're listening to this archive, this is an interactive program, so if you're listening to it live and would like to call in, the guest call-in number is 646-716-9397. And I'm here every other Monday at 11 o'clock Central Time, and this is your show. So if there's a topic that you would like discussed or you have a specific project that you would like to go over on the program or off air, please get in touch with me. I want to do what you would like to do. I have an agenda set up for the next six months, but 
that can be shifted and changed according to what your individual interests are. So please let me know. Today we're going to talk about roadblocks. Anyone who takes a leap or is considering taking a leap has inherent fears that jump into the equation immediately. And my belief is that if you're not feeling fear, you're not pushing yourself outside of your comfort zone. People live in their comfort zones all their life. I got an email from a very dear friend of mine who said, I have taught English in a school for 26 years. I'm about to retire. I have led a very vanilla life. Those were her exact words. And some people are very happy with a vanilla life. I personally like Spamante and Neapolitan and chocolate and malt and all the various flavors, and I've done that all my life. I took my first leap straight out of college, being offered an internship with Holiday Inn International, a very coveted internship in their computer program, at which point I walked away from that, made a leap into theater, and went to graduate school. Declined that and moved into what my true passion was, and I've never looked back. And that's what I want to give to people who have this desire to break away and do something that is individual, that is their own. Right now I'm working with a filmmaker, a film producer, a lavender farmer whose crop has just been planted uh, the first year. I'm working with a, like I said, a, a, a craft artist, art, artistic craft person. I'm working with a medical education person. I'm look, working with a musician who's working on a one-person show and a DVD to come out of that. All of these people were sitting in a position of comfort. They had everything they wanted in terms of food, clothing, a comfortable lifestyle. But each one of them came to a point where they said, yes, this is satisfaction. Satisfaction is comfortable. Satisfaction is a huge trap. And they came to the realization that there was something bigger. There were bigger potentials out there. And every one of them expressed fear. And every one of them wanted to turn back. So let's look at four elements, four types of fears. We're only going to focus on one today, but I want to go over all four of them, and we'll cover the others in future episodes, or at the end of this episode, I may go into a few if we have some extra time. G-A-I-L. And they go from most personal to least personal, most universal. The fears are gremlins, and that's the one we will talk about today. Assumptions, interpretations, and limiting beliefs. It's the most universal. It comes in the form of things like this isn't a job for women. This isn't a job for older people. Those are universal. But working down to the most personal, the gremlin is the one that sits with us every day. The gremlin is the one often represented on TV and on in movies as the devil and the angel sitting on your shoulder. And the little angel is said, oh, no, you shouldn't do that. And the devil is saying, oh, go ahead, let's see what happens. Ironically, 
the gremlin takes the form of the angel. The gremlin is the one often saying, oh, no, you shouldn't do that. We're going to explore. That's a very powerful statement because it doesn't require anything of you personally. It doesn't require anything for you to do to follow that angel's lead. The devil is your voice of dreams and passions. And I hate to give it the the negative connotation of being a devil, so let's don't. Let's call that element just your passion, your fire, your energy, your dream. And I dare say everyone, every single person listening to this broadcast has a dream. Now, it may have been squelched years ago by people laughing at it, by family members saying, oh, you could never do that. And that's very common. It's very normal to hear that often enough or from people you respect enough to just push it in the background and say, okay, that was nice. The story I tell is my grandfather grew up in, in a very tight, conservative religious household. His his father was a minister. And he, in in all of his personality and attitude, should have been a performer. He had personality. He sang. He danced. But he never did it. But to the day he died, and even in his eulogy, people were saying, Errol, I'm named after him, Errol, should have been a performer. Errol should have been in vaudeville. Errol should have been in Broadway. And that was the thing that has inspired me through my life is I don't be the one, I don't want to be the one that people say he should have done that or he could have done that. I don't mind them saying he tried it and he may not have been very good at it, but at least I want to know that I did go out and try it. Just a reminder, this is an interactive show. The call-in number, if you are interested in calling in, is 646-716-9397. Press 1, which puts you into the queue to speak. Uh, If you are interested in giving me feedback on your individual gremlins or your dreams or would like a two-hour coaching session and are listening to this in archive, email me, errol.mclindon at gmail.com, and I would be glad to sit down and talk to you about it. My dream, my desire, my purpose in being here on this earth, in this moment, is to find people who have these dreams, have these desires, and be instrumental in pushing you through the fear to the success of these. So let's talk about the gremlins. Gremlin is the most personal. You live with the gremlin every day. And my job is to help you face this gremlin, get get to know this gremlin. We don't want to ignore it. The whole thing in overcoming fear is not to ignore the gremlin, but to face the gremlin. Identify the obstacle. Name it. Tackle it. If you can know where it started, where it first was born, that's wonderful too, but it's not absolutely necessary. So personify it. It it blocks your forward progress, your door, as effectively as a 300-pound linebacker. When I found my two gremlins, and I've got two gremlins, and you're going to find many, and they'll change form as you take various journeys. Every one of us is on a dozen journeys at any point in our life. 
And even a journey that we're comfortable doing can shift and change with outside forces. One of the groups I've worked with and done workshops for is caregivers. Uh, my mother dealt with Alzheimer's for two years, and so I am very attuned to people whose life is turned upside down by the medical conditions and medical changes of a loved one. So in that event, sometimes our leaps aren't our own personal leaps. Someone literally shoves us off the cliff. And my job in that instance is to help you maintain what is important and personal to you while you are leaping. My favorite saying is, leap and grow your wings on the way down. Uh, you're never going to be in a position where you can predict the future 100%. Now, you may know what you have planned over the next year, three years, five years. Again, I am not a huge fan of a five-year goal because rarely does that stay intact for five years. In fact, I would guess that in every quarter, every 13 weeks, Things can change enough that a five-year goal becomes obsolete or totally revamped uh, every every 13 weeks. So I, I tend to be a little skeptical about five-year plans. But you may think you have a five-year plan, and, and more power to you if you do. And, and I'm I'm pulling for you to last with that five-year plan. But time and life and situations often throw changes in on us. So when those happen, these gremlins can arise too. So, you face your gremlin, you identify your gremlin. I have a stuffed sloth on my desk wearing a hoodie with the word chill across it. I call him slow-mo. He's one of my gremlins. I actually went out and found an object that represented my gremlin. He's my laziness gremlin. He is my gremlin that says, yes, this is a huge project, but this is going to take a tremendous amount of your time you're going to give up a lot of your spare time. You're going to give up some of your time with family. You're going to give up some of your time with friends. And you don't really want to do this. That's his message to me. But when I look at this stuffed creature on my shelf, I also know that he's who I have to overcome. That fear of losing time, that fear of, of uh, losing spare time and what I call free time is overcome by my joy and excitement about replacing it with something that I am totally on fire about. I have another very frightening little doll. He looks like Hitler. He's a doctor. Um, I got him off of Etsy. And he represented, when I first started working, I and I still do work with nurses, teaching continuing education credits. And I am also now an adjunct uh, instructor at Indiana University, teaching medical, family medical. So I've moved into my own on feeling adept and adept and able to do these sort of things. But three years ago when I started my practice, I knew I would be working with nurses and doctors and things of this sort. And my fear, now I had worked in medical schools for 12 years as a communication specialist. But in coaching doctors and nurses, I felt very inadequate. Who was I to talk to a neurosurgeon about how to run their life? So this is a little, little Hitlerish doctor uh, I found and I put on my shelf to remind me that I am an expert at coaching. I coach a so singer-songwriter. I don't know a thing about singer-songwriting. I coach a lavender farmer. I know absolutely nothing about lavender farming. 
I know about coaching. So this gremlin tells me that I don't have to know everything about everything. They're going to have their own areas of expertise. If I coach you, I don't have answers for you. I have questions for you. You have your answers. You know yourself better than anyone else. So here's what I would suggest in terms of the gremlin. Find your gremlin. Find what it looks like, what it sounds like. Draw a picture of it. Or find an object, a stuffed toy, a doll, or something that represents your gremlin so that there's something physical for you to look at in those times where you feel your weakness. Name your gremlin. Now, do not give your gremlin the name of a family member. There are inherent problems with that. That gets more into therapy, not into coaching. So make it, don't make it a name of anyone you know. No mother-in-laws, no ex-boyfriends. Make it a generic name. I've got Slobo and I've got Hitler. Those are my two. And that gives it a, a distance but still makes it personal. What you are going to base your locating this object or making this drawing on is what image comes to mind when you think about taking your leap? What does your fear look like in that moment? What does your fear look, feel, sound, smell like? Make it very tangible because we've all done it. Close your eyes. Think of your dream. Think of this huge, huge project. I'll take a little side note in a moment about actionable items and one thing at a time. But for this part of the exercise, think of it in its entirety. How big, huge, and frightening is that thing? And if you distill it down, it will evolve into a moment, a doorway with something standing at the doorway saying, you don't want to do this because this is so scary and frightening. And that is your gremlin. Name it, identify it, make it something that you can see. And know that that is, out of all your fear, that may be expanding down years, that is that moment, that is that one tiny moment of this thing standing in front of this doorway stopping you. Now, here's the key. It isn't stopping you. It's strongly encouraging you not to open that door. But a gremlin can never physically stop you. Who can stop you? Only yourself if you listen to the gremlin. And this is very, very important. This is very critical. Fear cannot stop you. How you react to fear can stop you. And it stops hundreds of people from their potential. Out of the six or seven clients that I have, I have 18 or 19 people that I saw potential in and that I've talked to about their projects. 
and they chose to let fear step in front of the door, and they believed in that fear so strongly they didn't believe they could walk around it. And that's wonderful. I live in constant hope and belief that someday they will have that ability to walk past their gremlin and through that doorway because every one of their projects has huge potential. And every one of your projects have huge potential. And all you have to do on that gremlin, I'm going to repeat a quote and very badly paraphrase it from my last show, and that's a quote from We Bought a Zoo. All you need is 20 seconds of absolute insanity, just absolute insanity to get anything you want. Whatever you, if you can get past that 20 seconds, because in most cases, overcoming that fear is a quick 20 second exercise. Sending an email, putting an application in, ordering a thousand lavender plants. All of these things, I may be exaggerating, may not take 20 seconds, but let's, let's say it may take less than an hour to change your life. And if you can build up enough courage to get through that hour, and, or that 30 minutes or that 20 seconds or whatever it takes. And again, sometimes it is 20 seconds, walking up and talking to somebody. Then your life will change forever for the better. So you've got a gremlin standing in front of your doorway, and you are trying to build up courage to get around your gremlin. One of the biggest fears is the scope of a project, how huge it is. And this is very normal. I'm going to mention a book, and I give this book to everybody. It's an older book. You can get it on Amazon for like $1.75 used if you don't mind possibly uh, having writings in it. That's how I get it and give it to people. It's called Getting Things Done, The Art of Stress-Free Productivity by David Allen. And his whole thing is that these huge projects, and I say projects, plural, because we all have several, and some of them are just like daily tasks. Some are things we have to do for work. Some are things we – some tasks and projects are fun projects, family vacations, things like this. All of these have multiple, multiple steps in them. But you can only do one thing at a time. My project list is a page long. My daily to-do list is about six items long. I only do the next actionable item on my projects. So I don't care how huge your project is in your mind, how huge, how big your dream is. And I encourage dreaming big. Dream, dream big, dream bigger. Is that all you got? Make it huge. It still boils down into today, Monday. You may be able to only make a phone call that moves that project forward. You may be able to send an email or two. Maybe it's sitting down at a computer and researching the next items. So this is one huge way of getting rid of the demon and the fear of what's beyond that door because the gremlin will use this philosophy with you all the time. Look how huge that is. Why would you tackle that? Oh my goodness, that's way beyond your scope. 
That's way beyond anything one individual can possibly do. Very common tactic of your gremlin. So here's what we do. We look back. We try and figure out where your gremlin was born. When you look at this fear, when you feel this fear, when you think of doing this project, think about how far back can you go to where you attempted a bigger project, something outside of your comfort realm, and either failed at it, which left a lasting impression, or somebody or a group of people said, you shouldn't go out for cheerleader. You'll never be able to do it. You'll never, they'll never take you. You shouldn't ask Cynthia for a date. Oh, my goodness. Are you crazy? She'd never go out with you. See if you can figure out where that gremlin was born. If you do, you can immediately understand how that was a protective device way back then. And don't spend a lot of time on this. It's not important that you identify the birth of your gremlin, but it is important that you acknowledge the existence of your gremlin. And I strongly recommend drawing a picture or getting a physical personification because, believe me, whenever I feel any doubt in taking on a new project that may take up my spare time or in feeling like I'm not worthy enough to talk some way. I look at my top shelf at my two friends, Hitler and and, uh, and Slow-Mo, and I would just walk out of here saying, yeah. Because it makes them sort of silly. It makes them sort of non-powerful. But we're going to talk about in a minute how to use the power of your gremlin to, to go with you into this project. Again, I'm Errol McLendon. I'm Mindset Coach. This is Leap. Be here every Monday at 11 o'clock talking about taking a leap, your own personal leaps. If you would like to be interviewed or come on the program as a guest or call in, I would love to hear what your leaps are, what your fears are, what successes and failures you have encountered. Um, and if you are listening to this archived but would still like to have your story told or listened to, or uh, included in the broadcast, send me an email at errol.mclendon at gmail.com. Would love to talk to you about this. Uh, this is what I do. This is uh, my whole uh, purpose in being right now is to help people through this period of standing on the edge of a cliff or standing at this tiny closed door and ready to walk through, but feeling that terrible resistance of not being able to. I want to push you. I want to make you fly. All right? So, identifying your gremlin, you know it, you see it, you may know where he was born. So, what were the first leaps in your life that you did succeed in? And I'm skipping a little ahead to what I call a reverse assumption. But this will, it, it all ties in because it will help you not to focus on the doorways you went through where you failed or the doorways you failed to go through because of outside influences saying, oh, you shouldn't do that. No, don't, don't compete in that science fair. Only the smart kids do that. And 
you know, you're, you're just going to embarrass yourself. Think to the leaps you've made in your life. And I don't care how routine your life may be. There have been times where you've made a leap. You've gone out for a sports team. You've auditioned for a play. You've uh, decided to become a parent. You've decided to get married. You've decided to date someone new. Those are all leaps. Think Think of the leaps in your life that you have succeeded in. The leaps where maybe you did leap and have to grow your wings on the way down, feel your way through. This gives you ammunition against your gremlin as your gremlin is standing there and this fear is building up in in you as you are looking at possible choices in your life that may stretch you, may challenge you. So in doing this, by contacting and connecting with successful leaps that you have in the past, it builds up that energy. This, I succeeded at that. And so I will make a little side trip into assumptions, another one of our our fears. Very difficult to isolate these because a lot of times they spill over into each other. But I use assumptions and reverse assumptions with gremlins because oftentimes reverse assumptions are a wonderful way to counteract a gremlin. A gremlin is standing in this space, in this time. It is a fear that's palpable and existing right now as you are thinking of moving forward. But if you can look at that fear and say, hey, I have succeeded at things before. The way an assumption works is we assume something is going to happen the same way it's always happened before by doing a a similar activity. And oftentimes, it's a negative connotation. person let me down before, so I'm going to assume they're going to let me down again. Or even worse, this person let me down, so I'm going to assume everybody is going to let me down. I'm not going to trust anybody. Reverse assumption is just taking the assumption and making sure we use the same logic we use in negative assumptions when we use positive assumptions, which goes to the point of you're about to make a leap and you have this fear of making this leap. And you can think of 20 different reasons not to make the leap. Believe me, the gremlin gives is very logical and the gremlin is very smart. And your fear will throw up every possible reason not to do it. Too expensive, takes up too much time, time away from the family. Big one, what if I fail? What if you don't? You succeed. So look back over your life at all the successes you've had. Wow, I won the college football game. Wow, I married this beautiful, wonderful woman. I have this incredible family. I have this great job. I like my job. I'm satisfied with my job. I have succeeded at all these things. So why would I even consider the possibility that I wouldn't succeed at this new project? There's a wonderful podcast called Startup. And it is an incredible journey. Each program is an hour, and it talks about people who have 
ventured forth with a startup. Failed, succeeded, half failed, half succeeded. But listening to their stories gives great insight into a journey, a journey in a project. And their positive and negative aspects, they they paint a very honest picture. But the story always tells the story of periods where things weren't going well and rather than giving up, believing in that journey and staying with it. So assuming things went well and walking through that door and doing having things start off well, there are always going to be stumbling blocks. It's the belief that and the assumption that you are going to come out on top that moves you forward. So that's all I want to say about assumption and reverse assumptions. But it's great logic to use against your gremlin. So one thing I do with my clients with gremlins is gremlin meditation. And I'm going to talk through it here, not in real time, because I do want some time at the end to talk about the other two fears. I think I'll have time in this episode to do that. So that next episode we can talk about project planning from from day one. How do we start in a project? That will be my next next broadcast. So the way a gremlin meditation works, and I, I, you know, I would suggest possibly recording this, or you can do this in your head while you're lying there, but very quietly find a comfortable spot to close your eyes. Breathe, get your breathing in a very ready, steady rhythm, steady rhythm, and envision your gremlin. Get at the heart of your fear, and you'll know you have truly connected to your gremlin when you feel that tightness in your stomach. You feel that that lump in your throat. You are physically being affected by immersing yourself in that fear. And wrap it in the envelope of your project. Envision yourself moving into the project. Envision all of the potential hazards and stumbling blocks along the way. Really immerse yourself in that fear and live in that fear. Because as I said, it's very important for overcoming this fear to first identify it, name it, live with it. Know how fearful that can make you feel. And then while you're in that meditation, understand the strength of that. Understand that if this fear can make you feel like that, it must be a very powerful energy. Physically, uh, in your mind, in your image of your gremlin, your physicalization of your gremlin, move him or her or it from in front of you, between you and, and an imagined doorway that represents your project, to being behind you. So, Now it becomes not the fear of moving forward, but the fear of staying where you are. Now turn your imagery and your thoughts from the fear of moving forward into the fear of abandoning this dream. The fear of 70, 80 years old saying, wow, I could have done that. 
the fear of sitting by while you see someone else do an identical thing that you could be doing. And live in that fear. Live in that fear of giving up, of settling, of satisfaction. I had a a director in college who always said, never be satisfied. When you're satisfied, you might as well be dead. Because satisfaction is a trap. Always push forward. So with the gremlin behind you now and looking at your current situation compared to what is possible, drink in that fear. Drink in the feeling of giving up your dream, of letting your dream go because of this silly little creature that's no longer in front of you, no longer standing before you in the doorway, but now standing behind you. What are your fears of staying where you are? Is it limited finances? Is it giving up on your dream of being a singer, an artist, a dancer, a sculptor, of running your own business, your own nonprofit that helps fight against gun violence, helps fight against homelessness, incorporates Uh, incarcerated women, building them back into the workplace. What is your dream? What is it that you are giving up and you are making the world give up by you deciding that you are just not going to move forward? And then in this imagery, in this visualization, imagine your gremlin taking your arm or putting their arm around your shoulder and helping you move through that door. The fear of staying still of not doing it, outweighs the fear of moving forward. In fact, with the gremlin not in front of you in the doorway, there should be no fear of moving forward. There should be a tremendous amount of fear as you take some breaths and come back into the real world of staying where you are. Your dissatisfaction level should have increased from 10% to 90%. You should feel so energized at that point that you can't do anything but go to that computer, go to that phone, get in your car, and do the next step, the next step that says or validates that you are moving forward. Sometimes it's a simple matter of changing the signature on your email. I encourage all of my clients to put on their signature on their email, filmmaker, or film producer. If they aren't already in that, if they are saying, this is what I want to be, put your Etsy account in there. This, this, this is a, this, these amazing tiles and um, wall art under MIM, M-I-M-M Studio, go see it, go buy stuff, is going to be huge because it appeals to the the retro the the vintage the historic um, so those are things I encourage people into their signature line. It takes two seconds and it identifies you. I have a, a book writer who I immediately only has a title, but I encouraged him to say author of the upcoming book. Blah blah blah. Because now you are not only accountable to yourself or a few friends you've told, 
you're accountable, and you said this is what I'm going to do to every single person you send an email to. And believe me, it will help support you because people will say, hey, what's this book you're doing? Or you're a filmmaker, what's your film? Or wow, that's your studio, I'm going to go look at it. It's a marketing thing, but it's also a way of saying to the world, this is who I am. I have decided not to stay in one place. And people love this. People admire people who take a leap because everyone who isn't taking a leap wishes they were the person that's taking a leap. Again, this is an interactive show. I would love to hear from you either online or through emails. The call-in number is 646-716-9397. Press 1 to be put in queue to talk. If you're listening to this archived and it's already over, send me an email, errol.mclendon at gmail.com. And you can participate in several ways. If you have a question, let me know. If you have a suggestion for a topic on the show, it can be universal or it can be very personal. If you're working on a project and you've hit a roadblock and need some, would like to talk, have, have me talk about that, or arrange a time to call in and let's record a coaching session. Let's get you through. If clients are interested in calling in and tell me about your progress over the air, I would encourage that. But this is your show. As I said earlier, I have an agenda set up for the next six months, but I can toss it out of the window. You know how I feel about advanced planning. If you come up with a topic, if you say, this is what I'm doing right now, and here I am at this project, because I guarantee you, your concerns may seem very personal to you, but there are probably hundreds of other people dealing with the same concerns at that same point in their life, and I will be more than happy to address it on the show. So here's the reality of what a gremlin is. Who creates our gremlins? We do, and we use them, and we love them, because a gremlin is a scapegoat for us, a reason, an excuse not to move forward. We use it as an excuse, subconsciously, sometimes consciously, but we look on the gremlin as a friend because the gremlin is something we can point to and say, hey, that's why I'm not doing this. Oh, my goodness, it costs so much money. It, it's such a risk. I, <laughs> I'll have to give up a family vacation because of it, or I'll have to quit my job, or even more challenging, and I hear this all of the time, and it's a very common, very normal thing, is I've got to do this after working on weekends. Until it builds up so much, I've got to, I can leave my other job. Oh my goodness, that's that's a tremendous commitment. That's a huge gremlin to get around. I have no time. I'm going to come home from work at five o'clock, and I'm going to have to work on my art business from five o'clock till ten o'clock, and then all weekend. Right? You do what you need to do. That magic day when you are making so much money at that art business, you can walk into that boss of that job that at best doesn't inspire you, at worst you hate, and say, I'm giving two weeks notice. I started my own business and it is growing to a point where I have to devote more time to it. That's a dream situation. That's a dream moment. It's a dream moment. I've been through it a couple of times 
believe me, it is the most amazing feeling in the world to unshackle yourself, to, to, to throw off that day job, that normal job, that nine-to-five, that J-O-B job, and go do what you want. You know what that manager or boss or supervisor is thinking when you do that? In a lot of cases, they're thinking, unless their company is their dream and their love, they're thinking, wow, I wish I had the courage to do that. So that's what you're working toward. So, yes, your gremlin is something that you conjured, you created, you let it be born, and you use it as the scapegoat (coughs) or the reason that you are not moving forward. Get behind me, gremlin. Get that fear of staying in one place to be greater than the fear of moving forward. Walk through that door. The gremlin's wonderful. He takes pressure off of you. He takes the pressure of standing still off of you. He whispers in your ear every excuse you can think of for not moving forward. And many people live with these gremlins. Many people just walk away from the door. They just settle that they are never going to be an actor. They're never going to be run their own business. They're never going to find the perfect man, woman. And they just settle in and say, okay, this is what my life is going to be. And believe me, I'm not discounting that. There are many people who live very fulfilled and happy lives with that. But there are also an equal number of people that just settle in and say, yeah, this is what I'm going to do. And every time they see someone doing something similar to their dream, that twinge is going to hit, that hurt, that pain, that disappointment that they couldn't do it. And that can last a lifetime. Or you can decide the door is there, the opportunity is there, you are going to make the leap. Very briefly before we end, I want to talk about the other two fears. I didn't know if I was going to have time, but I do want to. Remember Gail, G-A-I-L, gremlins, assumptions, interpretations, and limiting beliefs. We've talked about assumptions. In the case where you're assuming something, an outcome of an activity, and because you are assuming that outcome as negative, you are not moving forward. What happens if you go back and look at times when an activity produced a positive outcome? And what happens if you look at this this possible action and assume a positive outcome? Okay? Enough said on that. Now we'll move on to interpretations. The example that was always given to me when I was coming through coaching school is someone cuts you off in traffic. And this is my biggie because I'm in traffic all of the time. And you get angry and you holler and you give them the middle finger salute and you're all upset and you're angry and your blood pressure goes up and your stomach tightens and, and you feel like you've, you've you know, had your say. Um, that's an interpretation. Your interpretation is this person who just cut you off is being a real jerk. Right? Just for the sake of being a jerk. Now, 
we can look at this another way. We can change our interpretation. And in systems, in situations where this is not an urgent thing, um, I sit down with clients and actually walk them through this. And we'll talk about that in just a moment. But in the nature of the traffic situation, someone cuts you off and you think at first, hey, he's a jerk. Is that the only interpretation of what just happened? What if he just got a call at his house that his daughter was in a horrible wreck and is at the hospital and they need him to get there as quickly as possible? Right? What if he has a job interview that he has been out of work for eight months and he is down to ramen noodles and selling stuff in pawn shops to and this is an opportunity but he is about to run late for whatever reason. Does that make you understand a little more? Now, I can tell you I have a problem with this because I know ten or twelve people that I think do crazy things in driving while I'm going from point A to point B. I know all ten and twelve aren't rushing to a job interview that is a matter of life and death or to their daughter's bedside. I know some of them are jerks. So this works in theory. It doesn't always work in practicality. But in a calmer situation, I've had clients who are dealing with situations at work where they just can't connect with their supervisor. Their supervisor is cold to them. They are feel disconnected. They don't feel like they can communicate with them in any way. And they take that interpretation and they bring it into a belief that their supervisor doesn't like them, doesn't like their work, and as a result, they don't feel like they can, they don't feel the urge to do anything other than just the absolute minimum. They come in right at the time to come in. They leave right at the time is over. They don't offer any extra, uh, they don't volunteer for any extra work or, or any kind of fun things outside. They just want to get there and get out and they don't like being there the whole time they're in their office. So what I do in that case is I sit down with people and encourage you to do the same thing if you're having situations where you are getting these feelings from interpretations you're making. What if their supervisor or manager is a very shy person? What if they just have trouble talking to some people and this person's personality is a little more assertive, so their supervisor decides to give them space? Or what if their supervisor is very pleased with what they're doing and doesn't feel the need to communicate with them, that they they pretty much allow them to be autonomous and do their own thing? How do those interpretations change the way you now think about your supervisor? And in turn, how does that change your actions? Interpretations dictate thoughts, dictate actions. So in the case where your supervisor is shy, and that's the interpretation, maybe you as an employee will take more time to reach out and be friendly. If you interpret that your supervisor thinks you're really doing a good job and don't need any help, maybe you'll approach your supervisor and ask if there's anything else that you can do. There's no one price fits all on this, but it is a case of looking at interpretation. And finally, <laughs> excuse me, I want to talk about limiting beliefs, and these are the most universal. And these are things like 
oh, they'll never hire a woman to do that job. Or they would never interview me. I'm 62 years old. I'm too old. Or I'm not strong enough to carry that, to keep that job going. These are universal beliefs. They're often based in things that have been said to us as children or teens in church or from families. Sometimes they're very individual. In the realm of assumptions, you're not good enough, you're not strong enough. When people are looking for work, I've got a couple of people who are in search of jobs. And when they are... um, I ask them where they're applying, and they're applying, of course, where places are are taking applications. That makes sense, right? But I also ask them, where would you really like to work? I'd really like to work here, but they're not hiring. That, believe it or not, is a limiting belief. Take your resume in, walk through the door, say, I have always wanted to work for your company. I don't know if you're hiring or not, but I want to drop my resume off. Limiting belief is, and again, kind of an assumption, like I said, these all fade together. Be bold, be assertive, go for what you would like because it is out there if you go for it. Every one of my clients are making steady progress toward these amazing dreams that are going to manifest at the end of the year. Any one of you who have a dream, it can manifest in a year if you believe in it, walk through that door and pursue it. Take the leap, grow your wings on the way down. Dream, dream big, dream bigger. Is that all you got? Again, I'm Errol McLinden. This show will be on every Tuesday at 11 o'clock. I encourage you to call in if you're listening live. Call in number is 646. 646- 716-9397, then you got to hit one or you sit in limbo and wonder, why isn't he talking to me? You hit one and you show up on my screen on the switchboard as, as someone who wants to talk to me. And again, that can take the form of comments. Challenge me. If you don't believe what I'm saying, I encourage you to challenge me. If I can't support my beliefs and my theories and my methods, I shouldn't be here on the radio spouting them off. Uh, if you don't believe something will work for you, call in. Let's try it. Let's let's do some coaching on, on the air to see what that you're running into. And let me see if I can't help you through that. Suggestions for shows. If you're listening to this in archive and want to send me an email, errol.mclinden at gmail.com. The spelling is on every one of my shows, so it's very easy to get. Uh, give me suggestions of what you would like to hear. If you would like to come on as a guest, and talk about your specific challenge or be a part of talking about your your um, dreams, I would more than welcome that. Make sure you're listening tomorrow. Tomorrow, at uh, Tuesday uh, at 11 Central Time, there's wonderful, wonderful Making Inspired Choices with Coach Linda. Uh, obstacles. Uh, I just heard a podcast about a book called The Obstacle is the Way. And this, I think, is what Linda will be talking about tomorrow. Very tied into the very same thing. When you feel those obstacles, when you feel those fears, when you feel 
the things challenging you. Those are the times to step up and know that you are on the right track. Know that you are on the path. Embrace obstacles. Embrace fears. Embrace potholes and roadblocks because that's just an indication that you are moving along the right way. If the path is totally clear, if everybody who came to me walked in to my office, which is a coffee shop, and said, I am going to do this project. And between now and a year later, they have done that project, and there has never been a stumbling block. There has never been a, 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 um, a roadblock of any kind. I would not believe they had truly done it or they had not done it to the level that it was possible. None of these leaps come without challenges. And don't ever go into a leap believing that it's going to be stress-free, anxiety-free. There are going to be moments that test you. But the payoff at the end is going to be oh so worth it. So, I also offer two hours of free coaching to anyone who would like it. That I'm not going to try and upsell you. I'm not going to try and sell you a book. I don't have a book. I'm just going to sit with you and decide if and how I can help you and give you some fundamental steps to start on your path. And in some instances, I may ask to meet with you one more hour a week or two later to see how well you do at accountability, and moving past forward. And then I send you off on your own. Okay? Uh, I love doing that. That's my purpose in this world is to help people step off the cliff, walk through the doorway. So thank you for joining me on my second radio broadcast. The other one is online. Listen to that if you have a chance. Um, and please let me know what you thought of the show. I welcome comments, criticisms. Um, take your gremlins, move them behind you, move forward. And until we meet two weeks from now, remember, dream, dream big, dream bigger. Is that all you got? Keep going, my friends. Leap, grow your wings on the way down. Have a good week. <laughs>